What's going on, guys? It's the Duelist 101 Podcast. This is Zach, and of course, you guys know I'm here with Mason. Mason, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, Zach. Glad to be here. Glad you asked me on for the 30th straight episode. And uh, <laughs> I know no, we man, recorded I'm... that many episodes. <laughs> Bro, actually, uh, we are. Let me let me look this up real quick. Uh, you can kind of talk about the subject, and I'll tell you about uh, how many episodes we have. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, guys. So this week we mentioned a little piece of it last last week we said you know what if you like ritual decks this is the one for you type of thing and that is exactly what we're talking about this week this week we are talking about the new necros necros format if you guys don't remember was a new way that ritual summoning worked a long time ago it used to require so much investment and now the cards themselves build the engine so if you guys are familiar there's a set of cards called the imp cantations and they are a whole deck designed to just help ritual decks out and make the investment not hurt so bad. And so Mason, what makes this new archetype that we're talking about this week so much better in terms of a ritual engine or a ritual deck? So first things first, uh, we have hit, uh, if you count our little trailer that we have, um, 24 episodes dude that is sick that is so, so cool. we have officially almost gotten to 30 which is real exciting um so here's the thing with this ritual deck drytron uh if you haven't heard of it you are living oh, under oh, a rock oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seriously though uh it's everywhere it has ever since it came out in genesis impact in december 2020 drytron has absolutely ruled the game by um absolutely abusing cyber angel benton but we'll get to that here in a little bit (laughs) um basically drytron totally changes the game for ritual summoning uh the issue with ritual summoning uh in the past is resource management right it is by far the most uh resource intensive summoning mechanic out there right even link summoning isn't bad because you know you just anyway they fill the requirement and you go like exactly really easy and then you just bounce around like that but rituals on the other hand um they are just they have some really powerful effects but not necessarily recursive effects that changes here um basically drytron does a lot of incredible stuff but uh most of it is centered around their uh ritual spell which says you can tribute uh monsters um based on their attack based on their attack points to summon out a ritual monster any ritual monster i believe and so that's what makes this so insane before uh ritual summoning primarily depended on tributing levels it had to be equal to or more than right essentially a cool tribute summon right that is treated like a special summon <laughs> and so now whenever you're tributing based off attack points it opens up the entire drytron lineup every single monster is like level one i think with 2000 attack uh zero defense i believe yep. and then um but none of them can be normal summoned or set they have to be special summoned by a drytron card effect it works out the whole engine uh will special summon itself but the point being you end up getting to this point where um drytron is able to also ritual summon cards from the grave whenever you're able to cycle through um and gain up 
card advantage by attributing, say, I don't know, Cyber Angel Benton at least three times over a turn. <laughs> Whenever you're able to do that, you end up with one of the most insane strategies uh, of ritual summoning that the game has ever seen. Hence, why Drytron is just killing people now. They can handle negates. They can handle, excuse me, they can handle negates. They can handle uh, wiping your board. They can do just about whatever they need. Um, and then uh, what's really frustrating is since most, uh, like all their monsters uh, don't special summon, um, it doesn't necessarily prevent you from normal summoning, right? Um, it says you can't special summon monsters except ones that cannot be normal summoned or set. That still leaves your normal summon available. So what a lot of people will do is uh, add like Vanity's Ruler to hand and boom, you drop Vanity's Ruler. Neither player can special summon. And if Drytron has done what they needed to, they don't have to special summon anymore anyway. So then <laughs> after building up a ton of card advantage and putting up this insane uh, turn one board, you just better hope you open Dark Ruler and Hand Destruction, I guess, because that's the only way you're going to beat them from there. Yeah, no, the thing is ridiculous to go up against. Um, I got to play it against locals here recently, and I got smoked both times. Yep. And so hopefully within this episode, guys, we're going to teach you guys just a few moves to be able to beat it. Or if you're just really interested in playing the deck, we'll try to explain to you. Here's kind of very vaguely what it does. And yep. so um, we're super excited. Mason, any more words before we get this episode going? And we are excited to talk about one of the most powerful decks we've seen in, in a while, probably since, I don't know, Ad Emancipator at least, you know, <laughs> or Synchron Elbitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. All right, guys. Peace out. We'll be back in just a moment. guys so something that we didn't get to finish up just a moment ago here is the big thing so of course we have our two boss monsters and those boss monsters one is ultimate conductor tyranno it attacks all the things and the other is harpy's feather duster here's something else that makes this deck difficult to deal with first of all they're level 12s which means they're they've they better be good at least a little and in today's game if it's a level 12 it is good usually so in this case not only do they have some insane effects attached to them, but they are 4K beaters. They sit there at 4... I'm pretty sure it's 4K, 4K. I'll double-check that just to make sure I'm not lying to you guys. But I think that's right. They are insane, insane cards. And so all that to say, it's hard to deal with them. So today, hopefully we can give you guys just a little bit of information to do so. So that is the goal of the deck. It is... Sit on those guys until they have cleared your field, you run out of resources, whatever like that, and go from there. So that is kind of their big thing. That's how they work naturally within Archetype, right? Yes. Uh, nowadays, what they did... So basically, Ritual Monsters already have just a crap ton of absolutely insane effects. 
because the rituals, the summoning mechanic by nature is very weak. However, right, they just kept making it stronger and stronger and stronger, right? Like their last attempt with Megalith was actually, I think, really good because now we're using the ritual monsters as ritual spells, if you will. Pretty sweet little mechanic. But then they took it to a whole new level where you can gain just this absurd amount of card advantage off of using the monsters and then eventually using the spell and doing this, that, and the other. It's pretty awesome. Pretty There's, awesome. And you yeah. know what would be really cool? Like just side thing. Pendulum sure. ritual monsters. You said pendulum ritual? Man, you imagine how cool that would be. I know. I was gonna make a joke at your expense, but I'm trying to think through the concept and it might actually be kind of interesting. Like still requiring a ritual spell or requiring well now the, know, some advantage the, the but what if deck, what if the whole deck is saying your sacrifice is setting your scales hmm and what if instead of like destroying those cards right because generally that's the idea with pendulum is if they're destroyed they go to the extra deck mm -hmm. but if you tribute it instead say tribute a pendulum scale five or higher in order to ritual summon this card or just say pendulum scales up to the amount of stars you need whatever that is that would be interesting konami no <laughs> all right hey, big Mason, brother go ahead with the <laughs> that's funny go ahead with your thoughts <laughs> that's an academia joke for all you kids out there um man so yeah what a lot of people will do is pull uh, like herald of perfection i think it is let me see of yeah you get to throw fairies and it's negation for you yeah basically it and so absurd card and that's when like any effect is activated right not a once per turn provided you have fairy monsters in your hand now that's Drytron what makes it so crazy drytron in addition though something important to mention it's it can use Herald. It's not a bad thing to use Herald, but I guess you're talking specifically about just like the ritual monster of Herald of Perfection. Mm -hmm. Tritron's machines. Light machines. They are. They are. And that's why they end up having to use um, the card. I don't even remember what it's called now. Cyber but, Emergency. Well, yeah, that's, that is how you search them. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a thousand different ways to get to each of their cards. That's what makes this deck so freaking hard to stop because yes, they have play starters, but also every card is a play starter. It, it's know? a real issue guys. <laughs> so that's why making this uh, particular episode was so freaking hard. Um, but we'll get into it in a second. Basically, whenever you're able to cycle through uh cyber angel uh benton as well as like herald of orange light which uh negates monster effects as long as you have another fairy in hand um and then one other one that also adds a fairy back to hand like you just keep the cycle going for as long as you possibly can in order to stop your opponent and end up with like a plus i don't know at least five on overall card advantage through the course of your turn it's ridiculous y'all it is so that uh that's how the deck has kind of morphed it keeps relatively within the uh ritual component some people have tried using halk but honestly that's not the most popular that i've seen at it's least not worth it so yeah exactly and so that's kind of the idea there but 
Zach, you were going to be kind of our expert on the topic this week. Um, so, man, go through the cards. How, I mean, how do they start in their plays, ideally? So, just to say, only reason I am the expert this week, the only reason is because I got clobbered with this deck. Not one, but two days ago as of time of recording. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've never been beat, so I can't be an expert. Mason's not played in locals. No. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, like we mentioned before, there are a ton of starters within this deck. But one, one thing we're trying to do throughout these episodes, we have a whole little section at the very end of this, is cards that can be useful for playing against this deck. So you can side them out. You can do whatever like that. Ash targets. And what I mean by that is Ash Blossom and Joy of Spring. One of the most famous hand traps in the game right now. There are a few things that you can do to try to stop this. Here is how I ranked them. There's the important ones and there's the less important, but still very good. Right. And those cards are this first there's alpha, whatever. It doesn't matter what the next thing is. I I called all these by their second to last name. Right. There is Alpha. It is one of the monsters. And what it does is on summon, first, it can't be normal summoner set. You have to tribute another monster in hand in order to summon it at all. So you have to throw some in the grave, then it summons itself. So what that does is now you get to go and add a ritual monster to hand. That's what Alpha does. Right. So if you can keep ritual monsters out of hand, now you have a better chance of stopping the whole combo. Right. Be clear. This is a deck. Ideally, they are adding Cyber Angel Benton, which does not have a uh, not a once, once per turn, turn on pause. it. Yep, and that makes it dangerous. Second one that is incredibly important is Zeta, whatever it's called. So it's Zeta, and it is sort of the converse of what Alpha is, and it kind of makes sense. It's the Greek alphabet, you know, if you think slightly. So Zeta allows you to add a ritual spell to hand, and that is incredibly important. And to be clear, I'm not saying that these two cards add Drytron ritual things to hand. They add ritual things to hand, like all the ritual things to hand. So even if one of these cards ends up getting banned here soon after we're finally able to go and have Yu-Gi-Oh! in person again, and we're able to have tournaments and everything like that, even if that happens, this is still a fantastic engine to go yeah. and just play. I mean, the way it's designed is almost like what incantation was going to be it's what it should have been honestly and incantation was still trying to use levels and things like that but this uses attack points which is anyway different thing (laughs) third thing is a card called drytron fafnir and it is a field spell here's what it does when it's activated you can add a drytron spell or trap to hand so there's a couple of options that are really good. I'm going to talk about a couple of those options. One of them is Drytron Nova. And here's what this does. This is a $20 card. I checked. It Jeez. is very, very, very expensive. And the whole reason is this. It's kind of like if you play Eldritch, it, is, it has the same idea as Black Awakening. Uh, the Eldlicks are Black Awakening. And what they do is they special summon the boss from the deck. Right, but Nova is slightly different. It special summons a Drytron monster that can't be normal summoner set, and it has to be a monster. It still cannot be the ritual, right? So it's not just a free ritual spell, just like that. It allows you to pull Alpha or Zeta or one of the many others that I'm going to talk about here in a second based on what you need at the time. Finally, there is Drytron Asterism, and it is a quick play spell. 
And how do I know about this card? Because it stopped me from beating this guy the other day. Asterism does this. It is something that does not target, but it does destroy a monster on the field. It is a quick play spell. And the cost for it is really interesting. You get to go and pick one of your Drytron monsters. And until the end of the turn, it loses a thousand attack. Mm-hmm. That's the cost. To just near irrelevant for it most. It starts of them. at 4K, Not- guys. It's stupid. <laughs> so yeah, it is insane. Here in a sec. Here in a second, we get to talk about the. I called it less important, but still good cards. Those are these. These are all monsters. The previous things after Alpha and Zeta. Those are all spells. These are all monsters, and they're interesting. Not necessarily absolutely almighty powerful type of thing. So. They are these. So there is Gamma. Gamma something, whatever. It doesn't matter. It is a monster reborn for the deck. It allows you to go and win banished or win some like on summon, whatever. It doesn't matter. You get special summon from the graveyard, a Drytron monster that can't be normal summoner set. All right. Really, really good. So I'd say that is still a very vital card. It's very important. Delta is similar to that because as you play this game more and more, you'll find how important it is to draw cards as much as possible, right? Unless you have a deck that absolutely you don't want to draw a single thing, but you have like a billion starters, then you want to go and draw cards in your hand and being a ritual deck, it needs to draw. So that's what Delta does. Right. I forget how many cards it can draw, but it allows you to plus out the wazoo for no reason. And finally, there's one more card, and I need to be a little specific about this one. So I have to talk about Draconids. It's one of the boss monsters. It is the ultimate conductor Tyranno of the entire deck. It What it does is you can go and banish monsters from your graveyard and target monsters on your opponent's field and send them to the graveyard careful i'm saying send we are not destroying we are not banishing we are not doing any of that we are sending from the field which takes away a lot of trigger effects that happen in today's game right so beta what it does is if i have my boss monster sitting here then now i'm going to summon beta and I get to go and put the banished things that I used to cause this effect and bring them back, right? And that is a once per turn thing, but now I'm ready for the next turn. I'm ready to go. And I don't mean my next turn. I mean my opponent's following turn, right? Whatever turn is coming up for them. So now I get to go and destroy everything. In addition to that, there's a ton of great ritual spell cards that are ritual spells, of course, and one of those is like advanced ritual art. It allows you to send stuff from the deck. It's Insane. sort of ridiculous. And I, if you're able to do that kind of thing, it's hard to win. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing is Drytron is finally giving a ritual deck um, the ability to keep up with the resources that it expends. Yes. And uh, go ahead. It's a great thing that's at that that's happening it just sucks that it happens to be very powerful <laughs> <laughs> yeah man no so like zach's saying i mean through all of these cards um drytron ends up being a really powerful uh, archetype inherently i mean anything that you can't target is already hard enough you know um but that takes us to the next section how do you beat the deck 
And so that is going to be our goal. Zach, um, one of the things you uh, kind of pointed to was banishing cards. Um, that seems to be a central theme, at least as far as activating their boss monsters. But um, you kind of looked at this and I mean, this is as good a time as ever to kind of cite this. Um, a lot of our ideas came from an article posted on TCG Infinite by a guy named uh, Hanko Chow. Uh, I'm assuming guy, they may go by anything, yeah. but some author and their name yeah. is Hanko Chow, Hanko Chow, however they pronounce it, but they, they knew what was going on. They wrote this article back in December uh, in the middle of the month. It mm -hmm. is awesome. I highly recommend this article and it is literally titled how to play Drytron and how to beat them. Right. So it gives you both options for either getting to play the deck yourself. If you end up having enough money to do so, or being able to beat it with some rogue strategy, if you're like us. Mm -hmm. So like Mason was mentioning just a moment ago, one of the best things you can do is take away the resources that these boss monsters have, or you can also go. So with these ritual spells, it doesn't necessarily say tribute and send to the graveyard. Otherwise this would be absolutely broken. Like we know how to beat that. Yeah. Instead, what you can do is take away all the resources. And now it's just a 4,000, 4,000 body. And as much as hard as it is to beat, the only one that can't be targeted by anything is the Harpy's Feather Duster Heavy Storm card. Mm -hmm. right? The one that is monster heavy, the Ultimate Conductor Tyranno version, that one cannot be targeted by monster effects, but that's it. Okay, so there's cards that we can use to go and get rid of the resources. That way you can blow up their field and go from there. And I think banishing their cards is the best way to do it. So we have a few cards for that. Number one, without a doubt, in my opinion, is DD Crow. It is a fantastic card. You get to target what in your graveyard. And by the time your opponent would be trying to use an effect, you get to go and chain link to that, right? You get to create a chain in reaction to that card. And you get to say, oh, you picked this card. I'm going to banish it before you can pick it. And when it resolves backwards, like chains work, Right now, whatever they're trying to banish didn't exist, so the effect doesn't pop off. That's right. So if uh, if the target's not in the place that it's supposed to be uh, targeted in, the effect fizzles. It it doesn't do anything. Right. And so, in addition to that, some of you guys might play a graveyard heavy deck, and what I mean by that is you use your graveyard. You either special summon from it, you shuffle back into the deck, or you banish stuff from the graveyard. If mm -hmm. that's the case. This next pick is incredibly dicey. But if you have a deck, for example, like Thunder Dragons or Metaphys or something like that, where you banish all the time, this card is exactly for you. And that card, Mason, would you mind introducing this one? Yeah, we got Dimension Shifter. All right. Clearly, this works better on your opponent's turn because... And this one's a little tricky because Ben 10's got, had some rulings issues uh, as far as being allowed to resolve, theoretically, it's not being tributed and sent to the grave. But I, the issue that people have is that Benton gets tributed in the card text. It doesn't say tributed and sent to the graveyard, which is a problem. <laughs> and by definition, but, guys, just to be clear, that means even if it's banished, since you did the activation of it, 
getting it tributed it mm-hmm. doesn't matter that it got banished it's you still get another one in hand yep so the the bigger point here is whenever you're using dimension shifter though um that takes away so much power as far as the actual drytron cards um since it works during either player's turn you discard it during your turn um the only difficult thing this card's a one of isn't it nope no way it is an unlimited card so if you're a thunder dragon player for instance this might be the card for you and what you could do some players even play a card called artifact lancia which allows you which doesn't allow you to banish for the rest of the turn if you chained dimension shifter to artifact lancia dimension shifter takes precedence it's whatever resolves um whatever is activated last so i guess you would want to start a new chain before you did it yeah and so in that case you could go this is important for thunder dragons because you guys banish stuff all the time dimension shifter would allow you to have play starters even if you have a broken hand if you have some way to throw cards from your hand out to what would be the graveyard but you've done dimension shifter at the beginning of the turn now it's banished instead (laughs) and play starter and like that's the thing about dimension shifter it works um it works yes through your opponent's turn but it's through the next turn that's why he's pointing out all these things about thunder yes and so go ahead go. no you good i'm done <laughs> um one of the other cards i mentioned before we hit number three on our list is actually ally of justice cycle reader mason you're the one that found this card i think it's really really cool what does it do um, basically, you can discard discard this card during either player's turn. Target two light targets, uh, light attribute targets. Let me find this card. So, Stupid. if you guys don't know the sort of lore behind the Ally of Justice, I guess it was one of the anime villain things or whatever. And the protagonist play was it Mason? Is that what that was? Dude, I have no idea. Anyway, I have with, no idea where Ally the of lore, Justice came from. Within the lore, there's like Ally of Justice versus some other archetype that I can't think of right now. And yeah. Ally of Justice is like all dark monsters. And when it attacks or does anything against a light monster, it kills it. <laughs> yep. And there's this other tar- archetype that says, well, if I face a dark, it does the same thing. Yeah. Right? So Ally of Justice is really important because Drytron is all light machines, kind of like yep. cyber. Right? Yeah. So, And then Ally of Justice... Uh, cycle reader actually works as kind of a double dd crow um it uh, banishes two light targets from your opponent's grave nice. that's why it's so good that's awesome that is exactly what you would need for removal so that would be incredible now if you got if tournaments start back sooner rather than later if you have locals that you can still go to then you guys if your locals are incredibly meta player base type of groups then and you know somebody's playing drytron this would be a good card to side out plus seeing as we've never heard of it it's probably fairly cheap um mason is it cheap i don't know i haven't looked it up which <laughs> hold up which card the are you ally of justice about? oh yeah it's pretty cheap give me a second We're gonna it is uh it. well it's not uber cheap but it's pretty cheap it is six dollars 56 cents each oh well i guess we're not the first people to think oh let's use this against the light machines <laughs> that's true 
So another card is actually incredibly splashable in combination with a card called Mask Change. It's made for heroes, but it it's actually splashable. Mason played it in his Phantom Knights for a long time, and this card is Dark Law. It is a great way. It makes it where any card gets banished instead. It's mm-hmm. Dimension Shifter so long as it's on the field, right? And that is just your opponent's cards, unless I'm mistaken. It is not your own, which is incredibly nice. That is true. That is so, true. So all these banished effects, reason we tell you guys about this is because so many of the Drytron cards, and I'm going to try to save you the time of going and spending way too long to read them, a lot of them have some version of a graveyard effect or the monsters on field banish things from the graveyard in order to pull their effect. So if the graveyard's empty, what can they do? They'll sit there and look at you until you find a way to remove what they got. And so that is sort of the big strategy I wanted to mention to you guys. In addition, we mentioned it earlier. Ash Blossom's really good on two monsters. You can do it on two of them. You can do it on Alpha. You can do it on Zeta. Anything else, like, it's okay, but it's not great, right? Yeah. If you go on Alpha and Zeta, it's really, really good. Mason, we have some sort of generic sun... uh, generic stun type cards could you talk through just one or two of them yeah you got it bud so the first one we have is summon limit if you are going first honestly this is just a good card to have i will say it was better in past formats where it wasn't so combo heavy but um now it's it's still good i won't lie it it's still good um but it is not as good because I mean, Subterra Guru is a top five deck, right? It's, uh, but summon limit allows your opponent to, um, I think special summon twice, or is it just any kind of summon? It's, let me check actually, just to be sure. I don't want to tell you wrong. Not a million percent on that, but it, uh, it does prevent your opponent from summoning. So at all two times, at all two times, it's not just special summons. So that um, immediately stops them in their tracks. What are they? What board are they going to build? Like they'll have two max uh, monsters in attack. So that's it. Yeah. So the next one we have. Go ahead. Um, really, really good is really all I was going to say on that. Um, yeah. Want me to talk about the next one? No, I got it pulled up. Um, okay. So the next one we got is El Shadal Winda. All right. If you are out here running a Shadal package, it's still good. <laughs> Nothing changed. Nothing it's changed. Been this way since May. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I mean, it's just so freaking good. It's uh, one of those that um, if you have a uh, Shadal monster plus one dark monster, you can bring this card out. And I am 1 million percent sure that there are ways to cheat that out. Um, but with that, each player can only special summon mon- a monster once per turn. Um, <laughs> Drytron has to special summon, right? They, uh, I mean, they have normal summon ability, but there are uh, no, they do. Um, hold on. The restriction says uh, you cannot special summon monsters except ones that can cannot be normal summoned or set. You can still normal summon. Oh, okay. Well, 
all good. I had to read through the article and I like go back to the cards and I was like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but El Shadal Winda is, um, I mean, it's already a house. Uh, keeping your opponent from special summoning more than once per turn is an insane effect as is. So pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, Mace, I'll talk the next two and then you go, you go after that. Yeah, you got it. All right. So next card we got is Vandy's Ruler. I'm going to read this card text for you guys because it's funny. <laughs> and here's the description. On it. It, is... <laughs> it makes me laugh a lot. And I played against a deck that was that used Vandy Ruler as part of its stun package. And here's why. This card cannot be special summoned. Okay, easy enough. Uh, so you have to tribute it. While this card is on the field, your opponent cannot special summon monsters. So if you side this card out and you manage to tribute summon it because you can't special summon, then you get to look at your opponent and say, so anything? <laughs> it's really funny because all the spells and traps that are removal for Drytron, they have to have a monster on board. If they can't special summon, they're stuck. That's yep. really awesome. So after that, there is a, uh, very very little known card i guess it is a uh, uh there can only be one um <laughs> there no. can be only one. Oh, there can be only one of course yep. that is the distinction <laughs> so i want to tell you guys about there can be only one it is incredibly incredibly good and what makes it so good is it limits your opponent to only having one type of monster on the field of any given type and what I mean by that is Drytron is all light machines. So if they can't get two machines on board to crack their effects, then they're stuck. Yeah. Um, it just puts them in a weird spot, you know? It does. And not to say it entirely stops them. They don't need to have more than one monster on field at, at a time. But it helps them. It do. It do. <laughs> What's that video? <laughs> it's, uh, I, <laughs> I ain't saying it. It, uh, it's the best thing in the world, but it helps. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to see if I can find that because that video makes me laugh a lot. All right, Mason. Uh, next one. Next one. Um, pretty much any of the solemn cards. You know, there's only a couple that don't do it um, or have more specific restrictions, but any of the solemn trap cards like solemn scolding, solemn warning, although solemn warning is probably my favorite. Uh, you can always pay half your life points. You cannot always pay 1500 so it's important um and i mean it negates summons fundamentally making it good i will say it puts you in a really difficult spot if um that is your only form of negation but it does work it does work save it for a real big monster after they've used all their other effects save it for their ritual summon after they've paid the cost of tributing monsters yeah exactly that's where you use it so yeah I got that Droll and Lockbird. I was so proud of Zach for this suggestion. Um, if your opponent can't add cards to hand, <laughs> the turn's done. Um, it is. And so um, just like Pendulum used to be, um, and I mean, I guess still is, but uh, Drytron does the same thing. They just want to keep adding cards to hand over and over and over and over and over again. If they can't do that, hmm, turn's done. Yep. And then, Zach, you talked about uh, Ash Blossom. How about you take uh, the last one for us. All right. Last one we got on this is uh, anti spell fragrance. If you play during the 
reign of striker then you know what this card is this card is really amazing because what it does is it's a continuous trap to be clear and any spell card has to be set for one turn like a trap before it can be activated right and what that does is it slows your opponent down so much that you have a chance to go and make something happen right if it's a quick play spell i guess it doesn't really matter a whole lot but some of the spells aren't some of this like the ritual spells for example their ritual spells they can't they need to be activated and played same turn not just played face down and then activated later it has to happen all at once so a card like this can stop the ritual summons from happening but at the same time they have a bunch of one star 2000 beaters and it's hard to get over it really is. So, like, if you don't have the tools within your deck to do it, which I hope you would, then it can be incredibly difficult. So, I think that is the gist of what we've got in talking about Drytron. Hopefully, we gave you guys at least some cards that can do something. Um, something else, uh, Effect Failure, that I completely forgot about. Effect Failure does stuff, too. It's really, really good. Uh, Witch's Strike is another card. They negate effects. Effect Failure just negates one card's effect. Which a strike waits for your opponent to try to negate something and blows them up for it. It's really funny. And not believe this card's legal. <laughs> so highly recommend any of the cards that we mentioned. If you guys have any recommendations on how you have been able to beat Drytron, whether it's on the EDO Pro meta or um, dueling book or locals or anything like that, let us know. Right. We want to know. We want to be able to share that information with you guys. So Mason, what else you got? I think that sums it up for us, Zach. <laughs> I think, <laughs> um, I think th- that there are so many good ideas that people come up with. Um, we took a lot out of this one article. Um, we came up with a couple that um, before uh, Zach found this uh, article. But um, I mean, it's just so interesting. The kind of um, interaction that Drytron kind of forces. Um, but it is beatable all right um so here's to hoping the next ban list hits benton um i hope so and or at least some kind of errata because that there has to be a hard once per turn on that um and i don't want drytron to go away forever but it's a cool deck so if you're interested in playing it go for it not gonna lie it's expensive but it is cool it is but i like sorry uh but you know like any deck that's in Yu-Gi-Oh, there is a way to beat it it's really freaking hard but it is possible go ahead zach um just to say the dry time bosses themselves aren't terribly expensive they are ultra rares but they're like a buck and a half a piece and i just want to pick those up those specifically (laughs) right they're cool looking cards i like i don't blame you a bit for that and so there's cards like that, but the expensive ones are just the ones that special summon from deck, the sort of extra starters, if you will, or mm-hmm. um, extenders is what makes decks expensive. Usually the main cards within it, not usually too bad. Mm-mm. It's the extension and things like that that make it rough to deal with. And so with that, I think we are wrapping it up. <sighs> no hints this week unless Mason comes up with one about what we have coming next week. We are super excited. We're going to keep this meta beat series thing. We have no idea what to call it. Please give us a name. We don't know yep. what's going on. Yep. Help us out. So Mason, <laughs> do you have anything else to close us out? Man, I am betting you it's going to be a meta deck. 
it, yeah yeah the thing's good <laughs> all right bye guys see you, <laughs> see you next week peace guys thank you guys so much for listening we so appreciate it every single time keep doing it share it uh we're on twitter instagram follow us whatever like that all right see you guys yep. deuces <laughs>